Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello. Hey, Guthrie. Uh, you had something you wanted to start with today. I want to start with telling people about our upcoming workshops because I always forget to do that till the very end and I happen to remember it. I'm so excited. I remembered it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we are teaching a behavioral design workshop in person. Well, you are teaching it. Behavioral design workshop in person in Columbus, Ohio. And the date of that is... Oh my God! You were gonna just ask uh, yeah, me the dates. I believe, yeah. Uh, May. The dates are. What do we? What do we got going on? Well, I gotta make sure I've done this right. Yeah. Uh, that would be May sixteenth. May sixteenth. And June. And the June, and then there's one on UX leadership on June. These are one day workshops in June Columbus, 4th. June fourth in Columbus, Ohio. One day workshops, and if people are interested in those, how would they find out about them? Uh, you can look for them on Eventbrite. Eventbrite, just go to Eventbrite and search for search. them. UX leadership June fourth, behavioral design May. What'd you say? <laughs> Whatever I said. Whatever you can rewind the podcast and, and go. Okay. Um, and then there's also an online behavioral design workshop that Smashing Magazine is putting out. And so if you go to Smashing Workshops, you can find that there. All right. So I kind of did an okay job, but not really. I wasn't prepared. I thought of it at the last minute. That's Sorry okay. We're that. never prepared. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we're prepared. All um, right. What are we no, talking about today? Uh, we're going to talk about design systems today, but I just wanted to give a quick update yeah. about something that I was trying out. People yeah. maybe are fascinated by it. So there, a couple podcasts ago, I talked about how what AI needs is it needs to be run smaller models, but locally. Okay. On... Um, much less strenuous uh, for hardware stuff. Now, for those of you who may not know, um, you can think of an AI model a little bit like compression. So uh, you need a tremendous amount of hardware to create the model. And so there are certain companies like Facebook with their Llama um, open source AI model, for example, that take, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of computer hardware and put it to work to create a model. Okay. The models, um, the models have, uh, different sizes and, um, it's like, it's like sort of, they, they have it in sort of numbers. Okay. So it's not small, medium and large. Well, it kind of is, but there is, but like what is small, it doesn't, it's sort of irrelevant. So uh, basically the larger the model, the more memory it takes to run. Well, that makes sense. Makes sense. But from a, running it on a locally, if you're running it locally, it means, or even in the cloud, but it just means it's more intense to load the thing and then to yeah. actually do it. But 
the bigger models will, in theory, perform better. Sure. Because they're... There's more stuff. They're, they're less compressed. Yeah. So, for example, um, uh, there are a, a seven... I believe it's a seven billion parameter model, which is sort of the standard s- standard small size. A lot of parameters. Um, that will that requires, I think, four gigabytes of RAM okay. to run. So okay. fairly, you know, that's wax. pretty compact. You could run it on a cell phone, perhaps yeah. a strong yeah. cell phone. Um, uh, would work on a laptop. Yeah. Uh, then there's usually fourteen uh, billion parameter models. Yeah. And 30 billion parameter models. Oh. And, you know, if you had, if you ran like a 70 billion parameter model, wow. you'd need like maybe 64 gigs of RAM or more. Yeah. So uh, you're sort of pushing the limits of what a regular desktop computer can do. Yeah. They're also trying to make quick little models that are like a 1 billion parameter model, something mm-hmm. very small. Yeah. So the point is, is that, you can sort of pick the power of your model. Okay. And you can pick which model you want to run. Yeah. So there is a there is a, some software. Um, it's not out for Windows yet, but out for uh, Linux, but also Mac. So if you have a Macintosh, yeah. you actually can play around with this, and it's not too terrible. So this Most is, of the, you can play around with AI but, and not connected to the internet. Not connected. Running locally. Running locally on your running machine. Running locally. So it, it's called uh, Olama. Okay. O-L-L-A-M-A. Okay. And it's using, um, for the most part, it's using the the Facebook's Meta's Llama uh, open source. Okay. Llama um, 2 model. And you tried this out on your... I did. You download the program. Uh, you do have to run it in uh, the in the terminal, but it's okay. pretty simple. Um, you just you know you type in like O llama run llama. Like it's not like these yeah. are not complex coding you know, coding things. Right. That, yeah. Right. So so you do have to run in terminal. But then um, when you do the you you pick which model you want. So for example. Wow. Okay. There are, uh, yes, there's Llama 2, which is the most popular one. There's also Minstrel, which is another variation. There's a Code Llama, which is sort of Llama, but has been engineered to really focus on <sighs> writing code. It's all a lot more complicated than I would. Than Anyways, I would, if you want to just stick to Llama 2, so it's just a good general all purpose. I would say Llama 2 is very, if you, you know, it's a very chat GPT esque. Okay. Very similar. All right. So then, okay. so all you say is you run llama to llama, and the so so oh, sorry, o llama run, and then you pick your model that you have installed llama, and uh, then it you know little pops up and says, um, "Hi, it's nice to meet you. Is there something I can help you with, or would you like to chat?" And it's just an now this just is a chat just box. using information on your computer. It's not. Even using information on my computer, well, it's running it? on my computer. Where's it's it using. Well, that's the cool thing about it. There is no information. There's a four gigabyte file that 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 you download, and that is, I believe, the seven billion parameter file. So it comes with stuff, but but it's not. 
that's the thing about about AI generation is that yeah, it comes with stuff, but it's not like it's referring to well, files I don't or how data. It comes up with answers. <laughs> Do you? It's, it's just like it's it's oh, much more it's just magic. We should just say it's just it's magic. much more like a biological process, you know, like how does okay, a thing no, make a protein? Just, okay. Right? Like yeah, there's junk in there. We just but like if you eat anyways. Yeah, so so it's very strange. Um it it's sort of my understanding is that it knows what the next word in the sentence is yeah, supposed it's to be. Predicting. It's, so yeah. it's not looking up data. It's not surfing the internet. Okay. Just weird. No, I don't. But it knows with high amounts of certainty the next word in a sentence. So yeah, does that, yeah. so in fairness, it's a little bit like humans, right? Like if I say like, what's the capital of Zimbabwe? You maybe don't know. I don't know. But you, you know, okay, so maybe that's what, but if I say, what's the capital of the Netherlands? You could probably give me an answer. Right? So like in your head, you're like, yes, that's what the next word is supposed to be. Mm. And it's a little bit like that, but it's not always certain. About yeah, and, and it's not it's always supposed to be. right. Yes. Uh, so, so, um, uh, my, you I've been, what I've been doing earlier, one of your conversations with yes, the so I'm writing. So I asked this, who is Susan watching? No, I should know. Okay. This is running locally on my machine. It's yeah. not connected to the internet. Okay. It cannot search the files on my not, computer. Oh, it can't search the files. The, no, no. It's running just okay. contained right. in its so own little asked, box. Who is Susan Weinshank? Okay, yeah. There's no cloud. I, I don't know. There's how no I could give you an answer at all. Reference. It's just what I it was trained that. on. Okay. And here's what it says. Okay. Susan Weinshank yeah. is a prominent figure. I'm prominent. Prominent figure. Well, so far, it's very smart. In the field of user experience, UX, okay. and human-computer interaction, HCI. Okay. Okay. She's a researcher, okay. author, okay. and consultant yeah. who has been working in the field for over 30 years. Yeah. Here are some key facts about Susan Weinshank. Okay. I'm scared. <laughs> One. <laughs> Background. Susan Weinstein holds a PhD in yeah. psychology yeah. from the University of Michigan. No. That one's false. The wrong University, University of Michigan. Close, though. It's not anywhere close. No, it's a Big Ten school in the Midwest. <laughs> That's pretty close, right? It's like it, it didn't say it was like UCLA. Names of Big Ten schools. Exactly. In no, but it wasn't like, in the Midwest. Oh, wait. Where was your PhD from? Ask, ask your AI. <laughs> no, tool. no, no, well, no. Penn State. That's part of the Big Ten in the Midwest. Pennsylvania is not in the Midwest. All right, keep going. It's okay. It's in the Big Ten. It's in the no, Big okay, Ten. Okay, fine. Um, uh, and has worked as a researcher. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> at IBM. What? <laughs> as at the IBM. Principal. Never worked at IBM. Oh uh, but you God. worked. You worked. But here's here's the thing, though. You did work for H HFI, which is another three letter company <laughs> with an I in it. With an that I is... in it. So I do wonder if it's like it's trying to find 
HFI, but that makes no sense. So it's like IBM makes more sense in that capacity. So it's like, it's kind of close, right? Like it's making stuff up, but it's also making stuff up. That's like not adjacent, not helpful. Yeah. But no, okay. but very close, right? It's not uh-huh. say that you, that's from the university of yeah, like because we don't Bemidji. Care about I mean, truth. Okay. Go ahead. What okay. Else does it Again, it doesn't it care about you. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not how it works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting really scared. You're okay. laughing. Uh, yeah. Sorry, where, where was I? Where you said you're at IBM? IBM, yeah. And as a principal at the user experience consultancy, user-centric. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. What? Also, that, that it's not true. Um, expertise. Not true. Susan Wenching is an expert in UX design, HCI, and human behavior. Okay. She is known for her work on the psychology of interaction design, including the development of the seven P's model of persuasive design, which outlines the key factors that influence user behavior online. The seven P's. Now, what's again, really fascinating, seven P, you do, you did invent a model called I-5, (laughs) right? It's real. It's it's a number and a letter that you oh did God, come up with. So instead of seven p, it was i five. But it's kind of really close. Um, publications. Susan Weinshank has authored several books on UX design and HCI, including <laughs> Neurodesign: The Impact of Brain Science on Design. Close. Close. Um. How to get people to do stuff. True. Ways to make your message, product, or service attractive and no. influential. No, that's not the subtitle. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, that's all the ones they got in this book. Okay. Uh, consulting. He's worked with numerous clients, yes. including IBM. Actually, that's true. Microsoft. Not true. You never worked. You worked with Microsoft. No. I swear you worked with Microsoft. No. Like 12 years ago, we you, yeah. you didn't do a Microsoft product? Nope. Hmm. Fine. Maybe I'm thinking of the Amazon product project. Yeah. They're sort of out, also out there. Uh, and Google. No. On UX design and HCI projects. She's also a frequent speaker at industry conference and events. Um, you teach, teach courses on UX design and HCI. At the University of Michigan and other institutions. <laughs> but you teach at the University of Wisconsin, which is super close. Uh, research. Conducts research in the field of, HC- of UX design and HCI, including studies on the impact of visual cues and user behavior and the role of emotions in design decision-making. Awards. You received several awards? awards for her contributions in the field. Oh, I'm excited. I didn't, I, haven't, I didn't know including, I awards. Oh, wow. The Interaction Design Association's IXDA Lifetime Achievement Award. It's wow, amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. I don't think uh, they know that the either. The last section, you're a member of several professional organizations, including the Association for Computer Machinery, ACM, ACM. and Human Computer Interaction, HCI Group, and the Interaction Design Association, IXDA. No, I'm not members of any of those things, by the way. 
Overall, Susan Wenching is a highly respected Overall. figure in the Overall. field of UX design and HCI, known for her expertise, <laughs> research, and contributions to the industry. So, no, okay, so definitely wrong. But also, how do they know all this stuff about you, right? That's the amazing part to me. Again, this is running locally. Now, if I type in who um, who is Guthrie Weinshank, uh, here's here's what it says about me. Okay. Yeah. This is what people do. You know, they type in their own name into all these AI. Okay. So what's weird? Yeah. So what's what's interesting is I've done this before, and it says like it doesn't know who I am. Now I typed it as a huge Guthrie Weinshank, and it says it's a well-known figure in the year with 30 years. It's just giving me the exact same thing it that it gave you. It was me. Yeah. So it's definitely confused. Oh, so okay. This Fail. level model's definitely, Fail. yeah, me felt. Fail. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, g- give, me, uh, give, me, give me one other question. We'll see if we can get something right. What? One other question? Oh, now it's just, who is Jesse Groves? It like asked itself a question. <laughs> Jesse Groves is a well-known figure in the field of user experience, UX and design. And it's like, he's just giving the same things over and over and over okay, with different broken. things. Let's move on. Yeah, okay. Let's move on. So, so uh, clearly we need Llama 3 and these things need to work better on smaller processes. So it's, who Fail. is Margot Handel? I don't, it just keeps going. <laughs> Software's dumb. I like that. <laughs> Why is it asking fun. itself its own it's questions? Itself, it's asking its own questions. I don't uh, now, she, now, now Margot is from Northwestern University. Of course. I'm but sure. also worked for IBM. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So she's just there now. They're just coming up with like a random people in the industry that probably don't exist. Jim Bodie. Jim, if you're listening. Oh my god! It's, okay. I'll let I'll let you guys know if it ever stops. Okay. All right, let's let's. Oh uh, this, my god! This, well, that so, was so very here, I am not amazing. here to be like, oh, look how dumb AI is. It'll never get there. I'm just here to give an update Thank on you. playing with I'll, local I'll, AI on machines. Look how dumb AI is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, Llama 3 honestly came out, or Llama 2 came out maybe a year ago. Um, Zuckerberg says Llama 3 is currently being trained right now. So that'll probably come out, and that will probably be much better, especially on smaller devices. Whatever. (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. Whatever. I would say, here's what I'll say. say, I'm going to say we're probably a year away from being able to have devices that can run locally that are not terrible okay and that's a big step all right all right um in january of 2025 i'm gonna we're gonna check that that prediction out i'm gonna have to i may have to stop this it's um it is very stop it turn it off it's distracting you it's very uh all right we said we were going to talk about design systems so before our time is up i'm sorry let's talk about design systems no i that was fun i enjoyed it yeah, it's it's. I still don't understand how it knows who but you are. What I would like to know is, um, where's my retirement from IBM? <laughs> Do I have a four hundred one k? You get vested. 
IBM, I used to work for you. I, I, I want my money. Okay. Okay. Design systems. Um, I went to an event uh, this week, uh, which was a local UX XDA chapter meetup in Columbus, and there was a talk about design systems. It just got me thinking about design systems, and I thought it would yeah. be a good uh, a good topic to talk yeah. about. And I don't think we've I'm not going to go through like the whole talk. I don't think it's necessarily. I don't need to do that. Yeah. Um, but I will say that the sort of one of the takeaways of the talk was that the state of design systems in 2023 is pretty bad. Um, it seems like most companies are having trouble with design systems. They're having uh, people who are, who, whose job it is on design system teams are having difficulty demonstrating their value. Um, people, uh, th there seems to be a lot of problems that are that's common in any kind of database repository right yeah. where you know people aren't putting aren't using it they're not people aren't putting things in the design system in the way in the format that it's supposed to go in people aren't using the design system in the way that they're supposed to use it um there's a lot of you know that uh her her sort of point was that like you know, if you're if you're gonna make a design system, it's a product, and you have users, and you your design system has to has to work for your users. So just saying, like the people are dumb; they don't know they're not using it right. You know, that's yeah. not that's not yeah. their problem. That's the that that's the problem with the design system. So it so in summary, the takeaway sort of was like it, lots of potential. Some companies are are all in on design systems, and they have huge design you know design system teams and they're doing all kinds of stuff with it and there's some interesting software that we can talk about um that maybe will be the, the future of the design systems but at the moment there seems to be a lot of difficulty stemming from the fact that you have multiple teams all in different silos who all do stuff okay. differently but are all now supposed to so, work collaboratively so in the same language i did con a lot of consulting on design systems in the last millennium. I just like to throw those things out. Uh, so what is a design I'm, system? So then? I'm saying that design systems really have been around for a pretty long time. I mean, 24 years or more. And the problems with getting them up and going and getting them used and so on. All these problems, these problems have been with us from the beginning. They are all solvable, not necessarily easily, but all the problems can be solved. So you can implement a design system and it can be a good experience and work and be useful and you can implement it and it can be a bad experience and not be useful. So... Um, what is a design system? That's a great question. Why don't you ask your um, AI bot there on your? On, no, I'm I'm kidding. Uh oh, he's turning to. It, you don't want to know what it what it. Uh... Actually, I do. What would it say? Okay. If you asked, and and then I can tell you whether I agree with what it says or not. Uh. 
So the, um, should I talk while you're doing this or are you almost there? Oh, okay. I mean, what is a design system? Okay. I've asked it what a design system, also known as a design language or style guide is a set of guidelines, standards, and patterns that define the visual and functional aspects of products or services. It outlines how various components of the product should look and behave, including typography, color, layout, and interaction. The purpose of a design system is to provide consistency across different parts of a product or service, making it easier for designers and developers to create new elements and features while maintaining a consistent visual language. And then there's like, it goes on and on and well, on and on and on. Well, that's on. probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard AI come out with. It does so that, that describes it pretty well. So you know, the idea is you're, you're in an organization, you're creating software or apps. And, you know, every time you go to design a button or a screen or a, 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 you know, a table or whatever, you know, do your designers have to design it from scratch? Or can they pluck out of the, of a, of a repository, you know, a button, a table, um, and so uh, a menu, and it already has in it. It could have wording. It could have color. It could have uh, shape. It could have animation, and you know all those things are there. So a, they don't have to invent them every time. Uh, B, they don't. They, uh, as 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 your AI thing said, there it will be consistent across pages, screens, and different products. So that's what a design system is. Um, you know, in the olden days, uh, olden days, you know, it was, and, and the, the AI even mentioned it was a style guide. It used to be, you know, a document that you would read. But now that there are tools that allow you to create um, uh, components, it's usually called, uh, these various components, um, and the other thing that's interesting these days, Guthrie, is it's not just for prototyping, but it's actually, um, you can set it up so the, these components have the code behind them. So it becomes not just a tool for designers to prototype with, but actually can be used by developers to program with. So that's yeah. what a design system is. Yeah. Um, and it sounds straightforward. But I can tell you what the problems are. Uh, sure. You, how about you, you start and talk about some, pro some problems? Well, I think you have problems. There are three areas that you have to pay attention to. So it's not enough. Well, there's more than three. But there's not, it's not enough just for someone to go off and create all of these pieces and components. And then there they are, and they're all available in whatever tool you're using. Because you you have to first get everyone together and have agreement on you know what should the buttons look like what should be the standard names of the buttons and there's a lot of people that want to be involved in that uh, there's branding people at your company there's visual designers there's interaction designers there's the business there's it just you know so 
you've got to have a group of people that are going to discuss and decide and approve what all the components should be like and how they act. And if you think about all the pieces of, you know, all the components you might have in a, even in a simple app or software, it's a lot. So that takes time. Um, in in a in in sort of design system software, they sometimes call these tokens. Yeah. So a token could include the uh, uh, different different values. So, for example, the duration of a animation transition, right. and you or and you might have the color brand of of the brand. That's right. So you might have. So the thing is, you, you got variables that get complicated. So we have, um, you know, we have the the button when it needs to be this size and then we have the button when it needs to be that size and if you hover over it then you hover what's the over hover it, what and happens the, and you need the animation that runs quickly and then the you need the animation that's slower different responsive designs of different screens right so nope. it, it does get complicated and somebody has to make all those decisions someone has to approve all those decisions and then, all right. So that's one thing. Is that so? Let me let me let me yeah. just take a pause. I think part of the problem is when people say design system, they're actually talking about multiple things that is that are being lumped into one yes. thing that is being called a design system. Yeah. Right. So you have um, the first thing, which is what you were doing back in the day, which yeah. is. Uh, you want to call it a style guide. You want to. I, I guess it's just called a style guide in some capacity. Um, or, I mean, I guess they just well, called it a design I, system. I would, it was more than a style That's guide. one thing. I was going the next step. So, so I was, okay. So, yeah. The first thing is you somehow, you need the the company to come up to agree and have, you know, just on a piece of paper, right? Like, what what are the, th- what are the components of our stuff? What yeah. are the colors? What are the fonts? Yeah. Um, and if you're, you know, talking about a website, like I said, right? Like, what are the widths? What are the animation transitions? All the stuff. So the first thing you need to do is you just need to have all the departments, marketing, engineering, UX, agree. And that. And write it down. Okay. So So that. So so part one is just. a lot of work. Well, part one is just that information. Yes. Part two is having a repository of that information. That's accessible. Now you. And usable. Yeah, usable. Yeah, you you used to make a, a manual of some sort that you'd print out. I'm no, assuming. I got so sophisticated. We had we had a we had a design HTML based an HTML based, based design yeah. system that we would sell and that yeah. people could then customize. So that's so so that's part two, right? Is yeah. is the database repository stuff, and yeah. then of course there's challenges, right? Who keeps it up to date? You got to make sure that everyone's actually using it and that it that it's designed in a way that the different well and okay all right and let me interrupt you for a second because it's not just keeping the repository updated but your your decisions you make my first of all you need versions of everything for you know it's a web app no it's running on android no it's running on an iphone right you need all that and then you change your mind all the time, you know, we're and, we're not we, our logo now. We're not using that blue, and so all the buttons have to switch blue. 
Yeah. So someone, so there's, a, so there's a, so you have to agree on it. That's part one. Part two right. is the repository feature where they're yes. stored in a central location. Yes. And then the third part of what I would call a modern design system is the integration with engineering. And that's really yes. what's pushed it into popularity yes. because theoretically, if you can integrate it, so I'm looking at, um, we'll get to it, but there were two uh, pieces of software, including yeah. a, star- a, a Ohio-based startup called Knapsack that I'm going to be using. Well, there's a lot of, of different. Um, there's a lot of different tools, ones. Tools, um, yeah. But so, for example, uh, you know, if you know in Knapsack, you click on the component that you want. So let's just let's just call it like a card, right? They are certain yeah. cards which are HTML elements of, of okay. some sort, and in the card, you can look at it just as it is. You can grab the Figma. Yes. You know, things so you can whip it right into Figma or you can add, grab the React code, which is a form of JavaScript. Yeah. So, so if you're coding, you can just grab that. So uh, they also have like an accessibility one. So depending on who's using it, you can see the card. This is, this is our company card, HTML yeah. or our company yeah. button. And then it has all the snippets for all the different target audiences, whether it's yep. the code for the, the programmers or the Figma file for the designers, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, so the, the third part, right, we had part one, which was making the decisions and actually having, you know, what the, all the components are. Part two was the repository, a place to access it. And then part three is the integration with the workflows so that yep. people can actually very quickly take the component and it's like, I'm working on a new page, slide it right in. And that's where the magic happens. Cause theoretically, if you can just slide it right in, instead of taking weeks to build yeah. the whole page, you just have a or basically when things pre- change. Yeah. Or when what things change, change just preset and you just throw it in and you're done. So but there is one more piece that is kind of related to the third one. Okay. But I think it's separate. Well, there's two other things I want to talk about. One is like training. Like you got to just training and knowledge. I mean, people have to know it's there. They have to know how to use it and so on. And then, and then the, the, uh, what the, 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 the fifth part of it is, you know, we said you have, you have to keep it updated, Right. Um, it's just, (laughs) you have to decide how much you're going to, there's a whole plan to how much you do. So one of the mistakes I see people make is they're not going to release it and train people and have them use it until everything is in there. Okay. You'll never, it'll, you'll never get there, right? That takes too long. So what you really need to do is figure out how to, how to do versions of it. You know, what, what, what's a set of uh, components that would be very useful if we had them right now? And let's go do that. You know, a small set. Let's go do those. Let's get them implemented and get everybody used to it. And then we'll add to that over time. And I think that's, that's a mistake people make is they want it to be complete before it's released. And that just you know that would could literally take years, so you don't want to do that. Well, and this is the but this is the chicken egg of design systems, right? It's Why? really not useful 
unless you have almost all so, the components cuz no, uh yeah i understand right that. right and well, so maybe. and so in order to, well for at least the, the programmers which is what anyone cares about um but this, well, this is, is true of any repository system right like it's only useful if people use it but they're only you can't make it, it useful unless everyone uses it but people right, won't use right. use it unless it's right. there and so it's sort of like this yeah you go back and forth and yeah i agree with that well, okay, but it, it, I mean, it'd be interesting. I don't know the answer to this question. I wonder what percentage of, um, you know, mid to large size companies have working, well, Success, successful. Done, successful design systems. I, w- I want to know the answer to that, and I so, don't know the answer. Yeah, we are not experts in design systems, but based on this person who does work in the field, it sounds mm-hmm. like there's a, just a lot of problems. I'll give you I'll give you a problem. Um, there's a company, and let's say they have a successful design system, but like most companies, there are large parts of their IT infrastructure, portals, logins, mm-hmm. parts of code that they subcontract. Right. Hey, we need Absolutely. to build the but iOS this, app. The contractors so have to be able to access. But that's not, you know, that's usually not how it works. And so then no. they throw it together no, based on no, some sort no, of something. No. Well, because it's, it's hard. It's got to be part of your plan. My point is, is that there's a lot of times where there are, even, even if you have a successful design system in place, it still doesn't get used all the time. And so there are inconsistencies yeah. that happen and so like there are my understanding was that there were targeted groups that of like like designers or engineers that use the design system successfully yeah but from what my understanding was is that it was very rare that an entire organization yeah. was all on board one consistent design system as much as it would help. And so it, it, it was my sense that more often than not, some of these problems with design systems were creeping up and were causing right, so I have trouble. A, I have a hypothetical or no, philosophical question for you. Okay. So if we assume that, the des- let's assume two things. The design system might not cover everything. It just, you know... It might not be to- totally complete, right? All right, let's assume that. And let's assume that there are pockets of people in various places that aren't using it for whatever reason in your company. Is it worth doing? Or should you just say, oh, forget the whole darn thing then? If it's not going to be used and it's not going to have anything, everything in it, then let's just forget it. Well, this is right. This is a problem because there's a lot of overhead. Yeah, no, it's yeah. There's a you lot know? of work and a lot of overhead to get, create it and keep it going and keep and maintain it. So, what do you think? What's your answer? Well, this is just your opinion. I have my opinion. Oh, man. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll make it more complicated. You have three choices. A, yeah, it's still worth it. Go ahead, work on it, do it, do the best you can. B, forget the whole thing. It's not worth it. Just forget it. C, 
go back to having a style guide. I was going to say, I actually think, I mean, you don't have to go back, but I do think that the right answer is to have a universal style guide that. Oh, this is such an interesting, I like this ABC question. We, I, so I don't know uh, if, if I'd love, I'd love to hear from people. If, if you have a vote, ABC, let us know. But yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if you have a, you have a universal style guide. Yeah, yeah. And it's accessible, you know, it's, yeah. it's an HTML, whatever. You yeah. go to the portal and it has the style guide. And maybe you use some software to, you know, to, to do it. Um, and then, and, and, and you keep the style guide it, relatively simple. Yeah, it's simple. Like maybe you don't have updated. cards, but no, you would at least have no, it's just buttons. It's just buttons and, and you, you have, have examples and examples and, the, and, the, and the colors the definition and, and fonts. The, yeah. And you know, um, I it would be great to have a u- universal login. You know, there's so many yeah. login screens and a lot yeah. of stuff, right? So this whenever a user needs to log in, whatever the siloed platform that they're doing this is what the login should look like yeah and then you have someone somewhere in the organization in organization just in charge of consistency yeah and when the prototypes are like coming out yeah they can double check the prototype right. against the style guide and right. be like hey guys this is like you're this yeah, is like you're missing wrong. these things yeah um and then if it becomes really really successful then you could you can transition to tokens and start. Well, here's the interesting the thing that uh, I and and th- this is interesting. I haven't thought about it before. I don't know if I agree with you or not. Yeah. But here's the interesting wrinkle too, also, because you had said, well, when the program when it got involved in in actually you know having code snippets, right? Not just descriptions and pictures then everyone got interested in it, right? Reusable code. Um, so if you do a style guide, some people care about it, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> you know, it's not as big a project, but then again, it's not going to have that reusable code. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, an, it's an interesting question. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know that that I'm sure there are companies that have style guides out there, but I think the design system thing right now is a lot more popular. But as you said, it's got a lot of problems. So. Well, I think I I mean, again, design. They're calling it. It's a little bit like UX, but they actually mean visual design, right? Like right. they're calling it a design system, but really they're just using it as a style guide yeah. because they don't have enough consistency across their agile development development yeah. and the subcontractors and stuff. So they're not getting consistency in their development to actually right. have people use the, the, the design system as the yeah. system part. Um, so they functionally just have a style guide because it's not being, you know, the codes are not being used. And I will well, say it is a good easier. Con- well, cause it's easier to keep a style guide yes, updated. Absolutely. Right. So Once you get into code snippets and yeah, no, this that's version a lot of PHP, and so it gets this much is harder. good. We could, you could be the the design system contrarian, and you can come out and say, <laughs> "Forget it, 
dump your design system and create a style guide. And Guthrie, I still have all that HTML code on my laptop, so we could just revive the uh, style guide that we used to do. Uh, honestly, and, uh, it probably still works just fine. Make a million dollars, which is always my goal that I never reach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the uh, uh, the problem, of course, right, is, you know, there's no money in style guides. The, there the, used the, to be. There used to be. But now, well, the only money is, will I, can I reduce my dev time? That's like the well, only. Well, no, I know, I know. That's why I said right? I don't. I don't know that. But you know, the actually the place where the money was back then yeah. was um, in being able to bring together all these very opinionated people at these companies and get them to agree. I used to get paid a lot of money to do that because that was you know there is the so much value time, in that, and no one wants to pay for it anymore. Well, we they used to. The amount of time people can spend arguing about the name of a button is really fascinating. I, I, and and high level people in a room. It's. I think what really hurt was this. Was this idea of modular um, programming, yeah. where instead of designing a big system that all works together, yeah. you work we on one little snippet, and I'll work on that. another little snippet, yeah. and we'll they'll talk to each other, and that's yeah. all that needs to happen. Yeah. And there's a magic to that, but what you do lose is you lose um, the uh, like agreeing on direction, and you lose a, like a lot of consistency because if I log in and it works, it's fine, right? It doesn't matter that there were two different types of code and they didn't mismatch, they were kind of mismatch or whatever. Like if it works, it works to the end user. But anything yeah. that's visual or any flow is just going to, that's different. It's just going to be weird. And it, you know, we've seen this, right? Um, where you have 17 different interactions that do the same thing throughout a website. Yeah. And it's like, well, why, why isn't this? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Should I so, ask the, the, uh, I'll ask the, I'll, I'll ask the AI, should we be done? You're going to ask the AI what? Uh, should we be done? Yes or no. With our podcast episode? Uh, I just, I just asked it. Should we be done? Yes or no. <laughs> and it gave me the answer. Yes. <laughs> okay. When so I guess we're this, done. Is this still a thing? When I was growing up, there was this ball. Yes, the magic eight ball is. And you around. shake it, and it yeah, gives yeah, you yeah. an answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's what we're going to do with AI. It's just an online magic eight ball. Oh, uh, and a random number generator. Nothing Very wrong useful. with a good random gen number generator. Yeah. <laughs> Although we had that before we had AI. Uh, doesn't take a doesn't. In fact, AI act. Uh, it's funny if you type in, can you can you um, like make up a number or whatever? It'll it'll say like, I don't make up numbers. That because 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 a, a a language model can't make up a truly random number, right? Right? Because it's looking for the next word in the right, sentence, right. so you'd actually have correlation between them. Yeah. In in just ancient nineteen eighties 
You could do a random just, number generator. Uh, you know, so, you know, programming, right. right? There's a function that right. you can, so you we can run that will just give you a random number. That's right. So, uh, so, so, so AI, so, so, um, yeah, natural language models cannot give you a random number. You, you need, you need but different But they can stuff. randomly tell you that it's time to end. Uh, they can, um, any good one will be able to <laughs> run that very simple thing and then give you an output, but... Guthrie, thank you for your AI uh, uh, demo. Keep people updated. It's sort of fun. Um, For people uh, who are curious, uh, I am running on a M2 MacBook Air, and it seems to be running just fine. Not hot. Just um, not great. Wrong answers. It's, It's not great. But it is running, and I think it's running That's what locally. We care about. It's so cool. We don't need it correct. It's running locally on we my just Mac. Need to How run cool without blowing up his laptop. Uh, yeah. I, I, I maybe I'll maybe I should maybe try a a bigger in the bigger parameter model. I I am waiting. I um hold on. I mean, one last thing, and then we'll wrap up. Um, okay. I have thirty two gigabytes of RAM on my desktop. Yeah, and a graphics card with yeah. neural network because yeah, I have yeah. a uh, an RT an NVIDIA RTX card. Yeah, so uh, I am waiting for it to be available on Windows because right. if it's available on Windows, I mm-hmm. might be yeah. able to 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 kick Running up a little dust time. here and right. uh, get 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 some stuff that would. Oh, be I don't think it'll give you any more accurate answer. So that's my take on it i don't know i don't know i, I don't know chat gpt gives me wrong answers all the time does it still yeah yeah mm, okay yeah all the time all right thank you guthrie <laughs> thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time okay thank you bye, bye.